Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in for another Ewing Bang episode. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with a, a rebranded episode. We are now fans of the Phoenix Suns. I'm joined by James Liao. What do you think about that? I was not made aware that we had changed <laughs> fandoms, but... Uh, Golden State I who? Guess, I, yeah, Golden State. Yeah, forgot this team. Yeah. Now, I've also lost about 20 years of memory. Gone. <laughs> yep, we're all in on DeAndre Ayton and uh, Devin Booker. And uh, all, all, all no defense. <laughs> yeah. Squad. Hey, not not too far from how the Warriors came up, uh, you know, hey. ten years ago. So hey, you know, if we if we want to ride that roller coaster again, this is where we start. Uh, no, this is it, the Golden State Warriors podcast, the premier one on the internet. This is your host Emil Wang, and I'm joined by my good friend, possibly for the last time this season, the Genio James Liao. How's it going, man? Don't. It's not fully, you know, we're, we're not, don't jinx it. All right. We're at a point right now, positive vibes only. Yeah. You know? All right, fine. Let me flip it. We're going to, we're going to win the next three and get a ring. How does that sound? <laughs> hey, what are you, Draymond Green? Like, what the hell, dude? Shut the hell up, man. When Draymond said that, I was like, dude, it's fucking stupid. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot with that. When he was like, oh yeah, we're just going to win the next three, win it in Oracle. I'm like, dude. Yeah. This is before game four. Oh. Like, okay, come on. <laughs> well, definitely a different, different, definitely a different attitude now. With the Warriors down three-one, heading uh, into a game five in Toronto Monday night. Um, let, let's start with this Toronto team. I mean, you know, first off, hats off to them. They've played great, and you know, you and I talked early on in the early on in the season after that trade for Marcus All went down. That this is a very, very stacked team. Yeah, I already thought that, you know, I thought the Raptors were the best team in the East. And, you know, we had kind of talked about it. I thought maybe, in a, you know, um, the some of their, you know, bench guys actually have played much better than uh, expected on the bigger stages. But I think from a talent perspective, they were easily the um, most, like, in terms of talent, like the ceiling that they could go to. In the East, I think they probably were, you know, the highest one, I think. The only other one that could match up with them was Philly, talent-wise, I think. Um, Yeah, and Philly had no bench. Pushed them to seven. Right, right. Yeah, and, and Toronto. And going back to the bench thing, it, you got Serge Ibaka coming off the bench. I, I'm not sure if Danny Green actually started for them all year, um, but you know, he, he's kind of one of those. Uh, like not not star players, but but a role player that can get hot. You know, we Van Fleet. Ever since he had his kid, he's been shooting lights out. Yeah, Norm Powell. Hey, that, our boy Jeremy Lin, also a uh, also a, a staple of the bench. <laughs> hey man, Raptors are seven and one when Jeremy plays in the playoffs. All right. <laughs> you can't discount that. Dude. Can't discount. Can't, that. Yeah, yeah. All, all of Jeremy's. All of Jeremy's contributions when he's dribbling out that clock. That's uh... I'm thinking. I'm thinking next for Jeremy max contract. Max contract. Is the, it's that's the only. It's the only way to do it, dude. Max contract for Jeremy. Yeah. Um, well, and then he'll play it out for four years, and then go to China. Yep. And dominate there. There you go. There you go. Warriors are down three-one, and we're wasting our breath talking about Jeremy Lin. Uh, let, let's talk I about him. Not take this slander. We're, we're going to talk about Jeremy Lin. And- 
Let's talk about a real Max player, Kawhi Leonard. Um, we thought that he was coming in on you know a, a one knee basically, but and maybe he still is just playing on one knee, but he is lighting up the Warriors. What what is what's working for them? Well, I think um, I think Kawhi's banged up, but I think he is still like really effective. Um, you know, I think obviously there's some limitations athletically. Uh, but his fundamentals are so sound that he can still just you know, get any shot he wants. Like he doesn't really have the, you know, explosiveness or like you know, you're not seeing him really kind of elevate, um, you know, as he goes to the rim and stuff like that. So, um, but you know, he's so good at drawing fouls. He's so good at mid-range jumpers. You know, open threes. Like you know, he's just pretty much anywhere. So even if you take away like you know some of that athletic ability. Um, due to the injury, like he still like basically killing us. I mean, this is ridiculous what he's doing in the playoffs. Like you know, any shooting game is offset by the fact he just gets to the line. Yeah, like, and he's making them. So it's like you can't keep him under like you know, it's really hard to keep him under thirty points if he just keeps getting you know ten plus free throws a game, and yeah. he only needs to make like seven or eight shots, and then ten free throws, and you're already at thirty points. You know. Yeah, it's crazy. it's crazy. I feel like every single play, just especially that last game four, just every single play ended in uh, either a foul or him just pulling up over Alfonso McKinney or whoever was guarding him. And, and we'll get into the defensive strategy later. But you know, Van Gundy points this out that his footwork is just so phenomenal that he didn't need to be at a hundred percent to to take advantage of uh, whatever ma- uh, matchup he had. You know, he he could get people off balance with just his body, and then just have the perfect balance himself to rise up. You know, square up his shoulders and hit that mid range. I mean. It, there's just nothing you can do. And, you know, you and I were talking about, you know, one-on-one matchups and, you know, Harden, you know, guarding Harden one-on-one is just so different than guarding Kawhi one-on-one. And I think part of that is just the experience. I mean, we, we've we played Harden, what, like four out of five of the past post seasons now, you know, we see him three or four times a year. Like th- there's a lot of tape on the Warriors guarding Harden and it's the same personnel that's needed to guard Harden. Kawhi, I mean, you know, throughout this Warriors run, I don't think we've actually had to ha- deal with him a whole heck of a lot, uh, other than the Zaza game, which you know I, I've I've wanted to make this joke, but it's uh, it, it would be in poor taste. But man, <laughs> like, did Zaza really could use Zaza Pachulia right yeah, now? Yeah, or did I mean, if Kawhi was going to play like this, did did Zaza really save our NBA Finals run that year? Cause yeah, I don't think so. Like that, I mean, yeah, that's one game. Like, yeah, he was and, on fire that game too. Yeah, like, and I that mean, team had a healthy KD. Yeah, yeah, and it's like we didn't believe that we wouldn't have beaten them. Like we were a better team for sure. Like it, it's not like this Raptor team. Like they're way more stacked um, than healthier. Uh, you know that Spurs team. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there was no reason to believe that that we that you know we wouldn't have beaten them now. Would it have been easy? Unlikely, you know. Would probably have been a long series, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's just uh, um, he's just so freaking good. Yeah, like, there's really nothing else to to kind of say. He's just like he controls the game. It's crazy. Assuming assuming they win, has he cemented himself as a a better player than KD and B a a top fifteen player of all time? I mean, I think all that stuff is 
too early. I mean, especially the all-time talks. Yeah. He's 27. Like, yeah, that's know? crazy. I didn't so, know he was that young. Yeah, and he also lost a whole year last year. So, right. like, that's just, like, shot. And then, you know, the other thing is, is like, you know, you have no idea if this injury is a lingering one. You know, he got to where he was because they kind of managed the old uh, load management. And then now, is that something that they have to do every year? You know, is this just like a, a thing that's never going to go away? Or like, because you already had an entire year off, and now, late in the playoffs, he's still struggling and still can't get fully healthy. Yeah. You know, that's true. So it's yeah. like, that's Not... another thing. It's like, is that going to be now? It's like, it's hard to say. I would. I would hope that he doesn't get into that, obviously. But, you know, it's like, dude, you never know with these things. It's crazy. You could just literally, you know, have this flare-up, um, you know, again sometime. Or you just have to play him 65 games every year. And that's just, I mean, is that good enough in regular season? Probably. But, you know, long-term, is that the right move? Like, you know, yeah. just hoping that that's a that he can stay healthy in the playoffs. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And also writing, you know, not having home court. I, I, I think, I think Toronto having home court of, uh, in this NBA final series does kind of, uh, you know, move, move things pretty big in their favor. I mean, that crowd is nuts and kudos to Toronto fans. They're, they're basically what the warrior fans were like, you know, 10 years ago. Um, it, it makes a huge difference. I, I think it, you know, th this series would be very, very different if we started the game at home. I think I, I think it would at least be a two-two game, a two-two series going into Game Five at at the Warriors Arena. We wouldn't feel as helpless right now than as we do. Let's go into the Warriors right now because you and I have you know picked apart mostly Kerr's rotations in this in this series. I, I think as, as far as the players go you know we know they're hurt we know they're banged up we we know they're trying at least so it's not so much of a player problem as it is a coaching problem let's start with let's start with the def defense on Kawhi. you have you have a major gripe about this and i'll let you i'll let you take the lead the yeah i just think now a lot of this is also probably a result of the personnel that's involved. Right. Um, the fact that we don't have KD right now, but um, I just think there's enough evidence, especially after two or three games that just keeps sending help at Ka Kawhi. Like, that's just not working. Cause the, I just think the Raptors ball movement is too good. Uh, they have too many smart players. Lowry, Van Vliet are all great passers. Um, you know, and then Gasol, excellent passer. Um, the only ones you could really kind of um, t tell them to like kind of make a play or like maybe Ibaka and Green. But Danny Green is, you know, he'll he knows how to swing the ball too. I mean, he's he's literally a catch and shoot and, and swing the ball guy. You mm -hmm. know, and then Ibaka, you know, he's gotten better, but you know, he's the only one. But I mean, he hurt us by just scoring instead of passing the ball. <laughs> like you know, you know, we try. And then Ibaka's wide open, or he's off pick and roll, and he's just wide open, and he's just making the shot. No other decision needs to be made. So it's like, it's just like there's too many advantages being created. So I, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this. I was thinking if Katie comes back, you can at least go back to a switch everything scheme 
and see if that will help eliminate because now you're forced to play isolation everybody so if that means Kawhi is going and trying to score on somebody for you know 40 50 possessions like maybe maybe that's just better yeah we'll take nobody that. else is getting any yeah like nobody else is getting any uh you know touches on the ball and you're just gonna keep going by iso like that's fine you know yeah. we'll test see if he can do that because that's basically the place now going back to kind of the comparisons it's also a little bit harder like you were saying to to kind of guard Kawhi in isolation right because with Harden one we have a lot of tape on him and two he really has the unguardable move which is a step back three and then the other thing is, is he's driving to the basket and he's either throwing a lob or he's shooting a floater or a Right? So there's like a couple things you can guard. You can basically ignore when he's in the mid-range area. But you can do that with Kawhi. True. Right? Because he is going to get into the mid-range. So it makes it a lot more because he can just stop on a dime and just shoot the 15-footer and he'll make it. But like Harden refuse flat-out reject that shot. So from a def- defense perspective, it's a lot easier because that's one section of the court. You just One huge section of the court you don't have to defend. Yeah, that's like a good point. Hard to and, beat you off isolation. Yeah, and also size-wise, right? Personnel-wise, you have, you know, the Warriors have at least a couple more people that could at least kind of stay in front of Harden for short periods of time. I mean, you could at least throw Livingston. You could throw McKinney for, you know, two or three possessions at Harden and, and at least be okay if you're not fouling him just because you yeah. have enough size to bother a shot. Kawhi, I mean, he's a couple inches taller, a lot stronger that, you know, Livingston and, and uh, McKinney just can't, yeah, they, they just don't bother him. You know, Clay. Clay uses his length. Uh, Iggy, obviously, athleticism and uh, the instincts, and then Draymond is just you know the strength and you know strength and instincts as well, I assume. But it, you bring up a good point about the you know like letting him go ISO. But man, I mean, if if we end up running you know fucking McKinney out there for three minute stretches that's an automatic eight ten points for Kawhi, and those are i mean how is that different how is that different than Harden isolation right step back three keeps hurting you off free throws and you know yeah step back threes i mean i'm just saying the offensive rating you know over a longer period of time is not going to be sustainable for Kawhi. he's able to do that under small stretches of isolation and he's picking his spots you know but I'm just saying, like, if you just keep forcing him to do it every time, like, mm-hmm. what yeah. what what are the chances that he, you know, obviously going to start missing? Yeah. You know? And it's just like that's what happens. And then you, what are the chances that he tires himself out because he just has to create everything, right? right. Like, I'm not scared of really scared of Kyle Lowry often, you know, in an isolation. No, like, I'm not scared of Danny Green. I'm not scared of Marcus All. Van Vliet, I mean, that is super fast. Like, any long wing defender can, you know, switch onto him. The only person that has trouble is, yeah. is Seth. Siakam is the only one that's like, maybe. But, like, I'm not scared of anybody else in an isolation situation. And Siakam right. has, like, three moves that he goes to. He's, like, still very limited. He's good. He can still score um, and get to his spots. But, like, in general, he's, like, you know, fairly limited on offense in isolation situations. He's the only other one I would be scared of, you know. But... Like, it's literally Kawhi who can hurt you in isolation. 
But yeah. I mean, it's a risk, obviously. But it's like I don't know what else you would do because it's like the previous strategy doesn't work. I I thought we did a good job early in the series throwing a double team at him when he was driving in the lane. I I, I thought that kind of like how we used to get under Dirk <laughs> Dirk Nowitzki's skin when he you know it would just always be that one particular like. Uh, uh, spin move that you know we we we'd always send Steven Jackson or or somebody else to come blindside and strip it. I, I think we had something kind of figured out in game one and game two, but it, Kawhi doesn't really take it to the whole. I feel like a lot of his damage was in the mid range or kind of um, you know little post ups uh, it, around the key, not him actually taking it to the hole and. Um, you know, like dunking on us. I I felt like a lot of a lot of the times the ball got stripped in those game games one and two. I don't know if we started sending help a little bit earlier, or what was going on that that opened up, you know, a bunch of easy shots in game uh, in game three. But man, it's like you're right. There's no right way to do this, and on, our best bet is for him to tire himself out because he hasn't been good on D, and and that's something that. We, we need to take advantage of. Um, I, I want to go on in my second gripe. I, I think this Boogie Cousins thing, you know, is, has been a disaster. You know, he had his awesome game two. You know, let we let him play his game three. The eyeball test should have told us that he just didn't have it. Coming off of two days rest, I have no idea what Kerr was thinking starting him and just letting him have those, like, those first, those Three, those three first quarter turnovers in the first three minutes were fucking killer because the game kind of hung in limbo. You know, we were up by, you know, seven or eight. We should have been up by like 15 based on how that Raptors team was shooting. And I know we eventually lost by 12 or whatever, but we had the opportunity to step on the throats and be up by 20, you know, easily going into, you know, the second quarter. And just those kinds of turnovers you know the the defensive mistakes like just all the stuff all the stuff that boogie did i don't know why kerr like we you and i have talked about this almost all season or basically ever since boogie came back like we talked about what kind of leash kerr would have on him and you know you and i always talked about that it come playoff time it'd be short kerr knows you know kerr knows better but man that that game four was inexcusable yeah, it was it was pretty bad because the yeah I mean obviously the multiple turnovers and stuff I mean Kerr can't help that you know like yeah. Boogie uh, just like fucking is I mean and one of the things that is not really talked about as much also is dude dude's playing for a contract right now yeah so he is gonna you know is he does that lead him to want to try to do a little bit more than what he should be doing? Yeah, you know, because exactly. it's like, yeah, because it's like, well, how else do you explain the freaking stupid ass turnovers? Now, and want look at that and look at game two and how he played. Game mm-hmm. two, he was very much. I think he knew that it would be like, oh, it's my first game back. Like you know, um, you know that, you know, I'll kind of play around and and see how everything goes, or like first like kind of full game that we're gonna try, right? And then. You know, see see how it goes. He played within the offense, was looking for cutters, you know, not trying to do too much offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think that game gave him, like, some false hope, you know, right. where he was like, oh, maybe I can do this. 
and yeah. you know i'm gonna take this opportunity you know in the finals to showcase my skills and then complete train wreck and Absolutely. it's just the, i mean forget the offensive stuff dude they they're just every time he's on the floor they just go right at him on a pick and roll yeah and he has he just has botched every single coverage has no idea where to go is in no man's land every time hard roll to the basket can't recover in time it doesn't really go and even trap anybody he's just gonna stand yeah it's not a hard trap that's what drives me nuts you're not you're not affecting the pass with your length you're not getting the the ball handler off balance yeah you're not bumping the roller i mean if you could somehow bump the roller a little bit you know it's just do something. Don't just fucking stand there, no man's land. And and the eyeball test. I mean, just you know, Bogut. Bogut looks so much better that game three. I don't understand why Kerr went away from that. And and still, even in that game four, Kerr. I think uh, Bogut was still a, a plus like six or something in his in his ten minutes. Like I, I you, you just you just gotta hope that with with. Uh, KD potentially coming back, and we'll get in that in a second. That you know, Kerr will will go away from this you know kind of justification that we need offense, so we got to play boogie and and uh, and just fucking sit him. Like don't let just don't let him play anymore. Maybe spot minutes at the start of the second. But God, I am so tired of this. Like I I am I'm disappointed in Kerr that he didn't didn't yank him in time and i'm pissed at boogie that he he thought that this was the time to you know to think that he could be creative off the dribble on the break you know all these things it's just been it's been atrocious and you know it maybe now's not a good time but i i think you know maybe over the summer when we talk about free agents or whatever i, I really want to talk about you know this this summer of free agents because i think we've just overall been let down like I, I understand Boogie coming off an injury, but he's been a letdown. Jarebko's been a letdown. Uh, uh, I, I guess McKinney was okay for what he was. Um, Quinn Cook was okay for what he was, but man, just none of our free agent signings, none, none of our pickups have been good the past two years. I, I think the one that really might stand out a little bit is is maybe Javale McGee. But that was just kind of a like also unplayable in a lot also, of playoff games. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, he, he was he, he served a purpose and he looked like a fucking all star against, you know, the Cavs and the Blazers or something. But um, and who knows? I mean, do, do you think he would have had some value in this series? He probably no. would have been better than Boogie. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, anything would have been better than Boogie yeah. right now. I mean, the, he first of all, he should not be starting like, yeah, the, we need he, Regardless of KD plays or not, um, like Looney should start. If Loon can play, he yeah. needs to start. And we just boogie. If you want to play him, I still think there's some, um, you know, I still think he has an advantage over Ibaka if we go to him in the post. Like, I still think he can body him up pretty well. Um, but, you know, I don't want to see more than 10 minutes of boogie a game. Like, you know, 15 minutes in game four, that's way too much already. Like, it should be like five minutes uh, on the second and fourth quarters. Like, yeah. it's 15 just... 15 minutes, four turnovers. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, you just can't do that. Like, and he played uh, 19 in game three. So, again, 
I just think it's too much. Like you have to cap it at ten to twelve minutes. Like I don't, I just don't think he he really should be playing out there second unit with Clay, um, to begin the second and the fourth, and then that's it. Like I don't think you can play him anymore. Like just, I just. Mm-hmm. I, he doesn't have any matchups, or he can really go to guys except Ibaka, and those are the the minutes that you know Ibaka plays. Yeah. So I just you can't start him. You just can't. I don't yeah. understand. I I, I think <laughs> talking about him just gets me mad. I I think he is yeah he's just one player that I like I I don't I don't ever want to see in a warrior uniform ever again. I I I like. I just think it's yeah. it's it everything lined up poorly, too. Yeah. Because yeah. there was no reason to believe he near the end of the season, like he wasn't playing that bad, not like this. So if you were get to get that version of Boogie, then yeah, he would be somewhat playable, you know. But like he already had like forty games under his belt by that point, you know, thirty five or whatever, you know, and then he's out, and then. I he is just not ready to be back, but then he rushed it so he could play in the finals. Yeah. Like I bet you that's what it is. He's zero lift in his legs. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, man. Like... and so it's like this. I think it's, I just think it's a little bit unfair to this version of Boogie Cousins. We shouldn't be playing him obviously mm-hmm. this much yeah. given the circumstances. But to say that he wouldn't have helped if he was fully healthy or had you know a good forty-five game stretch. Like, I think that, you know, yeah. that's something that could be considered, you know. But a little just, bit of an emotional overreaction by Emil Wang. Yeah, because just... it's just like right now, dude, the dude didn't, literally didn't play basketball since the first round. Like, game, what is it, game two or something? Like, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and he missed, like, that entire game. So he didn't play for, like, what, six weeks or something? Seven mm-hmm. weeks? Like, and then now he's, like, trying to, like playing the NBA finals where mistakes are like amplified. You just like, you can't, there's no reason why he should be getting even close to 15 minutes. Like Kerr should have adjusted. I agree with you. Like the fact that he didn't show anything in game three and then coming off 48 hours, you got to play another game. It's just like, yeah, that that's, and, and with loon coming back, by the way, he's a fucking trooper. And you know, he, he's the, the one bright spot in terms of personnel this season. Cause he, you know, his impact is just is just huge, and hopefully he's not as banged up as you know people initially thought. Um, and he'll he'll be able to be at least you know ninety percent. I mean, he also plays within his limitations. Boogie yeah. doesn't think he has has limitations. Doesn't yeah. play within those realms, you know. Like Lou's not gonna try to do too much, but Boogie will because he knows he's capable of doing a lot more. But his body is basically not allowing him to do that right now. You know, yeah. and it's like who knows? It, maybe it's big enough of an injury that Achilles thing that long term he's not going to be able to get back to that form. But mm-hmm. you know, I just think that was still a a low low risk high reward. Yeah, yeah. Maybe ultimately it's still just kind of on the on the coaching staff for you know playing into you know his his ego, his pride, and just fucking letting him letting him stay out there that I, I will say is uh was a, a problem that you have yeah. to manage right because it's like he's so emotional and you know yeah. uncertain about you know how he is going to handle certain things so it's like you know i think i'm sure kerr and mike brown everybody had had to kind of 
make sure they get a good balance of that, like keeping him happy and also not just like throwing him to the bench and stuff like that. And just like not playing him, getting him DMP CDs. Like <laughs> if he gets those, like, oh man. Yeah. Here comes well, now's the time to do it. I mean, what's, you know, if he, if he, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that's the crazy game part. four. I mean, like game three, I, I I completely understand trying trotting him out there, like seeing if he could kind of match that game two magic. But just uh, it, the finals are about adjustments, right? And I, I I don't see any adjustment that they made to make Boogie's life easier on offense or to make him more effective on defense. But his that... his his body doesn't allow him to. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem, right? You can tell him adjustments all you want, but his body, his quickness is not there. He's no lift. Like, he can't do any of that stuff because it's just the body's not recovered yet. So, I mean, he really shouldn't be playing, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially, it's like, yeah, you get one game, good game in game two. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think he had false confidence, and then it kind of screwed him up for the rest of the series. Now you really – who cares, right, at this point? There's no egos to manage or whatever. There's three games left in the season, potentially. Yeah. Just fucking yeah. don't play him. If he yeah. sucks, don't play him. Like, I don't no. understand. You need to keep playing him. Yeah, no egos, no such thing as load management anymore. Yeah. Like, um, I, I wanna, I wanna take this time to kind of transition to to Steph because, you know, again, we'll talk about Katie. He, he's a question mark for tomorrow's uh, or for Game Five. Did you think that with Clay sitting out Game Three, and you know, we, me and you don't need to talk about, you know, that decision. I think we're, we're kind of split on it and i think it it could have gone either way i mean i if you, you like if they played clay game three i would have been like okay that that's fine you know uh, me personally i was more of the mindset of Kerr that i'm kind of glad that we sat him for game three because he we knew he'd be good for game four and he was now the problem was steph you know scored 47 points played you know 42 minutes was really the focal point of uh the only person scoring in that game three um do you think that Nick Nurse kind of baited Curry into like kept, kind of purposely kept it close and baited Curry into playing hard so he wouldn't have legs? I mean, it, it's kind of funny how there, there was no point in the game where we really felt like the Warriors were were gonna get make the game close. Like anytime they got within you know six or seven, the Raptors would kind of shrug their shoulders and hit a big shot, and that was it. Like I, I wonder if if nurse was kind of playing that playing that playing that long game and just wearing Steph out because man he Steph did not look good that game four when we really needed him uh I mean it certainly could be the case but I think the more um pressing thing was that Kerr left him in the game for way too long like Mm -hmm. I think that when the decision was made that Clay wasn't going to play and you're down double digits with like 17 with like six minutes left or whatever to yeah, just take them out. Yeah. Or yeah. Cause he already played that entire fourth quarter. Well, he started the fourth. Normally he gets his rest then, but he started the fourth. And at that point, just take him out. Like, what are you trying to win at that point? Those are just extra miles that you don't need. And yeah. you don't even have Clay. And Steph, yeah, and Steph was diving during that time. Yeah, like, and it's just like, look, he played 43 minutes and 12, 15 seconds. Like, that could have been like 38. Right. And who knows? Maybe that's enough for his leg where his legs aren't as tired for game five. Like, I just think that's one criticism, you know, 
Mm -hmm. I was scratching my head why, you know, Steph was still in because we never even got it to like single digits. Yeah. It, that game was out of out of hand by the like basically the start of the fourth. It was it, it was it was an uphill battle. And again, like you know, kudos to Steph. He he played you know played with heart. You know, played mostly under control to be honest for 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 a a, a game where you know he's the only weapon. I I still thought he played pretty under control. Um, you know, got his teammates open shots, and his team his teammates just weren't hitting them because you know they can't shoot. Again, you know, a coaching thing that we we are really working with thin margins here. And I, if we already cut our losses, like with Clay, and just kind of stomached the you know the 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 possibility that we would just suck Game Three without him, like we should have pulled the cord on Curry a lot earlier than we did. And yeah. I, I think what you're saying is absolutely right. That's the I think that should. I mean, I forgot to mention there's no loon that game too. So right. I'm just like baffled that you don't have two key rotation guys and you're basically one of your other shooters. And then it's just like, yeah, we're just going to play Steph 43 minutes and try to win this game. And I was just like, I've been okay with that if Clay was in and we kept it close. Like, I'm always not going to count out if, you know, if Steph and Clay are, are both in the game. And with Draymond, like, I think, you know, we, we will always kind of have a shot when one of those guys get hot, then, you know, yeah, we'll like be an in 18 run, Yeah, right? but it, I'm it, not, but I'm not, like, if you have both Clay and Lou missing, there's, there's no reason that any of these guys should have heavy minutes. Like, freaking Draymond had 40 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. I, everyone else was like, okay, I mean, Iggy had 30, um, I mean, that's that's super good for him. But I mean, at this point in the playoffs, it's like, it is what it is, you know? Um, but like, you know, Draymond really should not have played 40 minutes, you know? Um, again, we could have taken him out earlier, like a 36, 37 minute outing would have been fine. Like, I just like, those things matter when you're so deep in the playoffs, you know? And we saw with Steph the next game, the first like five threes, he just couldn't make them. No legs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just like the aggressiveness was completely gone because I just think there were, he just wasn't, yeah, just, you know, that other game, game four, game three, just took it out of him. Yeah. Well, let, let, let's talk game five. Let, let's, let's, I, I think Steph's due for a big game regardless. Two games um, off. Two days yeah, off. Yeah. Two days off. You know, his legacy is in is in question you know the funny thing is game three it was kind of like okay this is this is Steph's time to you know really prove himself right (laughs) and you know really define his legacy well now uh, game five is kind of uh, this is Steph's time to defend what's left of his legacy and to be honest he shouldn't be too concerned like you know fucking skip bayless and you know trolls out there that are like talking shit about Steph or that that's just ridiculous but I think Steph is, you know, a person with a lot of pride and, you know, and as long as he's healthy, uh, which I think he is, you know, th- this won't be a replay of game seven against the Cavs in 2016. Like he has the opportunity to take this game over. And I think he will, regardless of Kevin Durant being there or not. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping this is, uh, yeah. this is it right here. So you either just got, you just got to go for it. So, I mean, at this point, it's like, you know, I think Steph, I think we can agree that you, 
uh, under no circumstance. Steph, I think it's just not going to be effective if you play in 43 minutes. Like, yep. the way he plays is just, that just doesn't amount to that. You just can't right. play him that much. You got to keep him, I think, at most at 40. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so that means in the beginning of the fourth, we have to have, you know, we have to be within striking distance so we can give him, like, three minutes of rest. You know, so he can come in with like you know nine or eight minutes left in the game, because it's just like if it's if we're down by so much, then Kerr has no choice but to play him. But if you're within five or you have the lead or whatever, then yeah, then you can absolutely rest him for a couple of minutes to try to buy some time. You know, yeah. and that's ultimately ultimately going to help us down the stretch. But when you just keep falling behind, like what do you what do you want him to do, especially when the season's online? Like you know, you're going to trot Steph out there, but then that hurts his efficiency down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully with, you know, with clay around, we'll have a little bit, at least at minimum with clay around, we'll have a little bit more of a, uh, of a opportunity to rest clay where our, uh, to rest Steph, where our offense doesn't totally go to shit. Let, let's talk about that. Kevin Durant guy. What do we know? Uh, practice today. So, um, you know, we don't know obviously about specifics, but they're listing him as questionable for now, for tomorrow, um, game five. So, guessing it's going to be a game time decision on how he feels that day um, and whether or not the training staff feel like he can go out there. Um, I'm of the camp that just throw him out there, and if he sucks or if he's not comfortable, just take him out. Yeah. Right. What is the harm in just letting him trot out there, playing him for, you know, portion of the first quarter and just see how he feels. Right. Like, I don't understand why with the season on the line that you wouldn't just try that. Yeah. You already done that shit with Boogie. So, yeah, like, fuck, (laughs) dude. I mean, what the fuck else? Like, at this point, it's just you just need people who can shoot, even if it just means Katie standing there. Like, sure, defensively, he's not going to be able to, you know, if he's not as mobile, then it won't, you know, maybe it, it, it can't be any worse than what Zoe has done on Kawhi. Like, <laughs> Again, fuck, see dude. comments above about Boogie. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not going to be any worse. Like, you know, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, or you just put him on, like, you know, Danny Green or whatever, yeah. you know? It's like, just hide him somewhere, you know? Yeah, and, and at least, you know, if Danny Green ends up with the ball in his hands, Kevin Durant doesn't need to jump, but his, like, long-ass arms could have... Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm shop. saying. Like, it's like, you know, fucking hide him somewhere or something, you know? It's like, yeah. you, there's there's a way to get around that. You know, you still have Iggy or Clay defending Kawhi at all times. Like, that, oh, yeah, that's one thing I did, we didn't talk about. Like, there should be one, one of those guys on Kawhi at all times. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, there's no more. I just don't think we should go to the help thing. Their passing is too good. They didn't get open threes. They might miss them for a quarter or two, but they have too many shooters, the Raptors. Right. So yeah. can't leave them open for the entire game. It's going to work against us. But, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you can't put fucking much, so on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the, more Alfonso McKinney, please. BRB <laughs> while I jump out the window. <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. It's got to be Clay or Iggy on him at all yeah. times. Yeah, that that's that has to be the strategy for the remaining games. Um, I, I I agree that let 
try Kevin Durant out there. What do you have to lose if he sucks for three minutes or four minutes? Yeah, fucking pull him. Then it's yeah. yeah. Then it's like at least you freaking tried it, you know? Yeah. And what's the injury risk, right? He he loses another three four months during the summertime. A team's still gonna sign him to the max. Yeah, he's getting the max anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. There's no risk involved. Like you just fucking play him. Like I don't understand. Like you know, it's just like unless you can't run or something like that. He's practicing, so it's like he's. Some at yeah. some level where he's able to like kind of move and, and jump and do all those things. So mm-hmm. if he wasn't even ready to practice, then I would say, yeah, like yeah. He's, he can't run, then it's like he can't play, obviously. But it's like, dude, he's yeah. this, he practiced. So right then and there, I would have been like, let's just give it a run, and then we'll we'll start with a, a minutes restriction on him. And if he feels pretty good, then you know, and he's playing well, then we'll let him exceed it. But right. if not, then just fucking. Pull them. Don't and th- this is one of those, you know, legacy defining moments. You know, we talk about Steph's legacy, but I, I think this is bigger for Kevin Durant because we all know the Bay doesn't really love him. We we recognize that he's a good player, but he's never really part of you know, the OG Warriors. That he wasn't part of the rise. He wasn't part of that first championship, which was really that that real magical run. This is Katie's chance to come back. You know, and a you know, give it a shot, and if it doesn't work, then, you know, everyone's still going to rave about him, right? They're going to be like, okay, Kevin Durant came back, he was hurt, he gave it his all, what what a champion, right? Or he'll come back and, you know, help us win this thing, and that will be a, that will be the moment where he possibly could be considered in the same breath as LeBron. If yeah. KD doesn't come back, and he, even if he stays with the Warriors and they come back and they run it back and win next year, people are going to be like, I don't know, it's just, it's just like the other two years. What's the difference? Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure Durant's thinking about these things and I, I, I would be shocked if he didn't agree to play tomorrow. He need he needs to put himself out there. It just, it doesn't make sense for a guy who's as sensitive as he is. Yeah, and, um, you know, it, it to not want to put himself out there. Yeah, and and honestly, if your body isn't right and you aren't ready to practice and do all these things, then fine, that's fine. Like I'm yeah. not gonna be like, oh, go out there and just like you know, play. But it's like if you're ready to practice and you're ready to do all these things, then give it a go, right? Mm-hmm. Like the risk is so low that you know, and then the potential, you know. Uh, I guess what's the what's the, the right word? Like, yeah, reward. Yeah, would be much higher, right? Because it's like if you can get, and especially for the team right now, we just need a jolt. Like guys are just, especially in that fourth quarter in game in game four, guys just look like they weren't in it. Yeah, yeah. when we got down again, you know, double digits, like they, the guys just looked completely defeated. So there's no like there was no stopping that pick and roll. Yeah. Like I I I, I was shocked. It was it. like it was like Clippers round one, like you know, except with yeah. much better defense because we yeah. we would just kill them. Uh, their defense was garbage. Yeah. Like we were just we would just kill them. But then we could also those remember those Couldn't games. Stop Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Yeah, those those games what? where they killed us was because well we lost was because Lou and and Trez had the PNR like just I we just could not guard it for down the stretch and they just got whatever they wanted uh, but you know in the, all the other games we fucking blew them out because <laughs> it's just like 
Yeah, when they didn't have it going, then it's like game over. They don't have a chance against us, you know. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just like it was. I, I was like having flashbacks. I was like, oh my god, another pick and roll where Serge Ibaka is making a twelve footer or getting. And, a and that's the thing. It's like every game. There's just been that one random ass dude who that's the... who lit us up, right? It's like Ibaka. Then it was like Danny Green, and then game one, like Siakam had this like out of world like game, you know? Like it, it just. Yeah, and in like, game three, I, uh, Kyle Lowry had a great game, twenty three, and then even yeah. even like um, evenly uh, distributed, like very even game. Yeah. Gasol seventeen. Yeah, yeah. It's just God, like the, these guys are all playing above their averages against us, and that just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. I, I like yeah, our our defense is bad, but our defense isn't you know Eastern Conference bad. So I I just don't get it. Like I I don't get where. You know where the Raptors were able to find this whole nother level um, to do this, and maybe it is you know they they see guys like Quinn Cook and Zoe and you know it hobbled Boogie Cousins, they just fucking salivate and they had that confidence to do it. I don't think um, Kawhi's missed one shot with Zoe. Either he got fouled. <laughs> no, I'm serious, dude. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I kind of want to pull up the numbers. Like it's a Basketball complete joke. Reference. Yeah, like he just. Mm. It's just like, dude, how many times do you have to see that fucking movie mm-hmm. before you just pull the plug? Like, it's just like, it. Yeah. That you and I disagree, but that drives me more nuts than the boogie thing. It's just mm-hmm. like that, just because you have an answer for that. Put somebody else on. Yeah. You know, I just like it drove me. Well, you have an answer for boogie too. Don't sure. fucking play him. <laughs> it's true. Don't play him. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just oh my god, that's yeah. like how many. No, players? I I I agree about your frustrations, and it, it's kind of like it kills us in two different ways, right? Because the boogie thing is, you know, you, you you give up runs, right? You you have live ball turnovers that that you know go back the other way, and and to be honest, you know, his turnovers in the first quarter led to I think like two or three points off turnovers in the grand scheme of things it didn't affect the bottom line right it affected how many points we potentially could have scored because he blew a break and blew some really easy passes but you know when when it comes 14 minutes is ridiculous yeah yeah but the points off turnovers weren't that bad i mean the the Kawhi and zo thing when it's fucking automatic that that Kawhi's gonna get two points whenever you have zo on it that's that's equally equally a problem um, but at least it's not something that you can really pin on the player. I, I think the, the boogie thing is a twofold, like player and coach thing, um, which like uh, it's, it's two failures of accountability that, that kind of drives me nuts. Um, I want to wrap this up with just predictions. What do you got? Warriors survive. Also, we're, we're, we're not even looking at the rest of the series. Let's, let's, let's take it game by game. So do the Warriors survive game five. I honestly think if Katie plays, even just from a emotional perspective, we'll have a shot. But if he yep. doesn't play, I think we're done. I, yep. I just don't think these guys have enough. Like based on the body language in Game Four, like I just don't think it's happening. If yeah. if he's not there, if we don't have something, somebody to give us a jolt somewhere, like it's not going to happen. Yeah, uh, you know, and unless to be Raptors fair, like we... completely shit the bed and like <laughs> miss every open three shoot like five of 30 from three or whatever then it's like yeah we'll have a shot then but yeah and you know to be fair we we felt this kind of despair for when we were down three one um and 
<laughs> like I, I've, I think I felt this kind of despair when we went into Game Seven of that 2016 series. But I Game Six, I was like, my balls were like completely sweating the whole time. Uh, the OKC thing, yeah, or the yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. Like who, you know, nobody has had like Steph's game. Like forty-seven point gr- a game was great, but he still didn't shoot well, right? Like nobody's had that out of body. Like it's hard to you know, know in the playoffs. You know, like yeah. forty-seven points on his, his offensive uh, rating was still super high. Like you know, yeah. yeah. It was not like, oh my god, like you know, you're not gonna get like some crazy. The defenses are so much better. He has 129 offensive rating, like that's ridiculous. Like yeah. 129 points per 100 possessions. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Well, I mean, you know, Clay. My, my point is, you know, Clay had that you know 40 something point game, 11 point, 11 three pointer game yeah. against a very good defensive OKC team. Like, and we just haven't. I don't think we've seen that kind of game at all of the whole playoffs like did anybody go nuclear against the the blazers i don't think so like the, the closest thing to nuclear we've seen is andre godala not sucking shooting the three in one game well right? steph like, also in that game one against blazers when they kept playing drop defense oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like eight yeah. or nine threes or whatever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay well that doesn't that, <laughs> that was a practice game <laughs> um but you know i i, I that game that game needs to come out, and I think that game comes out on the road. Um, I, I agree that it's a, it's a lot harder without Kevin Durant, um, and I still think that the, the Warriors lose without him. But you know, it's I I don't think I I'm as hopeless as you know like some of the other people are um, because we just we just haven't seen that game yet, and you know th- this is a Warriors team that that's done it before. Uh, that that's the only comforting thing that we have, and I think I'll, I'll leave it at that. Warriors still lose without KD. They'll they'll win with KD. That that's my prediction. Yeah, I mean that's basically what what I think is going to happen. If we can get you know, fifteen to twenty minutes of KD, I think that's enough to give us a great chance to win. And if he can play twenty five thirty minutes, then I I like our chances. I think there's a very good chance to win if he can play that that yeah. long and be like solid, even just sixty seventy percent. I mean. Those are huge upgrades over the McKinney and the and you know <laughs> Sean Livingston. Sean Minnes. Oh, Sean has been atrocious. Yeah. But. yeah, awful. All right, James. Well, I, I I hope our next pod will be one that you know talks about a a, a game six preview. But uh, if not, I will look forward to checking in with you over the summer uh, when we start talking about the Phoenix Suns and how they're going to rebuild the roster. Yeah, <laughs> should we? Let's trade Steph. Start over. <laughs> Steph the Suns for Booker and Eaton. Take it. And I'll Josh Jackson. It. Josh fucking Jackson. Can't believe we're talking about him. Uh, who, yeah, uh, who's the Alex Len? I want Alex Len. Dude, that motherfucker hasn't been on that team forever. Jesus. Really? Yeah, dude. Oh. I'm saying I traded. Ah, oh, damn it. Alrighty. Wow, you're really uh, on top of your uh, <laughs> my my favorite yeah, team. Your favorite team. He's on the he's on the Hawks, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. You you know why I got confused because I saw the Hawks play the Suns. Oh, good. And then I was like, Alex Lund was there, and it's like, oh yeah, Alex Lund. Oh yeah, Alex Lund. Sure. All right. So I'm I'm still the expert. I'm still the expert on the Phoenix Suns. All right, James, it's been fun. Go Warriors. Go Dubs. <laughs>